This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. What's happening around the region? A lot, actually. Yes, let's start with Malaysia, right? So over there, Party Bangsa Malaysia, PBM, has stated its intention to join the AMNO-led Barisa Nasional in the next general election. We also have some developments in the Philippines. Yes, uh, the national COVID-19 positivity rate has soared to a high of 46%. Mm. Uh, finally, we're going to look at Thailand. Yep, and Thailand is opening the borders of three popular beach destinations. All of this amid the emergence of Omicron. Right. Why have they thought it wise to do so at this time? Let's find out more from Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, Leslie. Hey, good morning, Brian. Good morning, Bati. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, yeah. Uh, starting off with uh, Malaysia, this uh, Parti Bangsa Malaysia, PBM. They want to split within the former Premier Mahidin Yassin's uh, Parti Pribumi Bersatu Malaysia and the larger Parikatan National Coalition that he leads. What's the plan here and why have they decided to do this split? You know, there's been a proliferation of parties actually in, in Malaysia's since, you know, this political funk that the country has gone through. Mm. And how much PBM, Parti Bangsa Malaysia, will actually have on the political landscape remains to be seen. And I really doubt that they would have much of an impact. Uh, the party is led by this guy called Larry Sun, who really has moved from uh, one party to the other, you know, political hopper, if you could call him, and but I don't think they're going to get the kind of traction that many believe that that they will try to get. So, not much of a kind of force that uh, people think that this party will be. Uh, really, it is going to be um, another group that's going to splinter and divide the votes among the opposition. So Why do you feel will, so strongly that they will not be a political force? Well, you know, the thing is that they're not led by people who actually have a major following. Yeah, this is only, he's from the, the Borneo states, from Sarawak. And, mm. you know, uh, Larry Sung's father was also a prominent politician, known to be linked to Anwar Ibrahim before. But really, at this point in time, for these parties to come to the peninsula of Malaysia and really have an impact, it is going to be very, very hard. There is, there's really so much fragmentation. And the other reason really is that generally Malaysians, uh, after COVID, with the, economic, uh, with the economic hardships, people have actually gone fatigued about, uh, there's real fatigue about politics. Mm. So I really don't see uh, small splinter parties like this having any kind of impact for especially among people who ordinary Malaysians who really want to get by you know, I mean, things are really you know the economic hardships are something that really is of issue and particularly because I can say this because after going to a lot of these flat hit areas yeah. you can see the you can see the fatigue about politics yeah. you know people are just trying to you know just to get by every day it is really really very hard yeah. you know so these are issues I think that that are more relevant to people's minds rather than these small splinter political parties. Leslie, just a very a very broad, generic question about politics here. You've got the 15th Malaysian general election scheduled to be held on or before July next year. 
and definitely COVID is still going to be around next year. Is Do you sense, in your opinion, there is a desperation among politicians to, I don't know, have some kind of a rallying call, but it to no avail? Well, you know, um, I, mean, I really, um, you know, this this is something that, um, you know, you, you see when you go out and talk to people. Mm. There is really fatigue about, you know, because... I don't. I think most Malaysians feel that politicians, political parties, especially after the the change in that was brought up in 2018, generally people feel that nothing has changed in Malaysia. You know, so there is a there is a like I said fatigue. One, the other thing is that you know I really you know it really pains you to wonder. How these guys are actually going to vote? You know, do will Malaysians yeah. actually mm. go out to vote? Or maybe you they know, won't turn up, they, right? Precisely. Oh. You know, because there's just there's just so much frustration. You know, and pe- all people want to do is actually they just want to get by. You know, mm. just want to get by now. I, yeah. I guess if the politicians were to hear them, they'd just get things done, right? Such a disillusioned exactly. electorate isn't really exactly. something you want to propagate. Exactly. You know, so really, you know, you you get a sense that you know. Malaysians, ordinary Malaysians are feeling that, look, politicians are not doing anything for me. And in this, this recent flood crisis, we, we, what we've seen is actually ordinary Malaysians, NGOs, come stepping up and doing what people expect politicians and the civil service to do, you know. Yeah. So without, without, you know, ordinary Malaysians stepping up, doing whatever they've, ha- they've ha- have done to help Malaysians, uh, fellow Malaysians, uh, you know the politicians were not there, so I don't think it, people really wanted, you know, wanted see politicians anymore. <laughs> this podcast is available on our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode. Leslie, let's move to Indonesia. Cases of Omicron across Indonesia have tripled within a week. Uh, We're seeing about 90% of them imported, and this has prompted the government to appeal for the suspension of overseas leisure trips. Um, While Omicron has continued to intensify since the first case was confirmed in December, why do you think the government isn't doing more to prevent a surge in infections? I mean, could we really see a repeat of last year even, where they reported more than 50 thousand cases a day well you know i think we could see a repeat of that but you know it is very very difficult to to stop the surge in traveling i mean it could be from countries like uh like turkey uh where and uh, saudi arabia united uae where uh, were prominent des- destinations and indonesians returning back but you know domestic travel is also a problem in indonesia and it's very hard to contain that you know, here's a large country, like most countries, struggling and hoping to get, come, you know, to revive their economies. And travel is a very, very key issue here. So I don't think we could very well see a surge. But as long as hospital beds don't get packed up and uh, health services will be able to handle all this, prop- this surge, I think that is, that is something that the Indonesian government is looking at. A uh, similar situation in the Philippines, right? They've got the national COVID positivity rate to 46%. Has there been an alert level that's been raised, worries about hospitals, uh, hospital beds, that is? Well, clearly in Philippines, there has been. 
you know there has been and uh, uh, well you know and but then again the government has put Beto Manila on the third highest alert from Monday and so I think like again just like in Indonesia heavily populated countries it is very hard to control this I think all people are hoping for is that the Omicron variant is is not as uh, lethal and you know it may be infectious but really not as lethal and that is what people are hoping for governments are hoping for to deal with this this next surge Mm. Let's go to Thailand next. Also, the kind of the same theme. Yeah, Thailand has added three popular beach destinations to their visa program, uh, which actually allows foreign visitors to bypass mandatory isolation. Of course, this is all in an attempt to salvage their COVID nineteen hit tourism industry, key to a growing economic recovery for them. Tell us more about how you're reading this situation in Thailand. Well, you know, Bazi, I think that you know we see now lockdowns really don't work. Mm. You know, we've, we've had like you know two years in Malaysia, so many so many lockdowns all over the region, and I think uh, Thailand is tackling this. Uh, you know, taking on the horns of this this virus and saying, okay, fine. You know, we've got to like just brave this up, and they have really no choice because you know the really the economy is dependent on tourism, and you know. I don't think a lot of economies can actually continue with with lockdowns. So clearly lockdowns don't work. The juggle between economic considerations and health considerations are becoming more and more more and more real today that governments must must confront and uh, tough decisions will have to be made. And I think Thailand is one of the countries where they're making the, those tough decisions. Wow, great perspective. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us this morning. Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, as always, uh, thank you. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Hey, thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.